This is Asajj Ventress, and you're listening to Rule the Galaxy. Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans, it is Joe. And before I hand the show over to the crew and Adam Bray, I just wanted to hop in real quick. I had some conflicts, so the show is going to be D-Doc, Alfie, Brent, and Adam Bray. And I just wanted to give a quick couple comments on Bad Batch episodes one, two, and three, um, before they hop into this full show here. So one, I think this show is going to be really good. This season is going in some great directions, um, for all of the Sid one-off little stories that we saw in, uh, season one and season two and things like that. Again, I think it's it's like Rebels, and I'm, I'm a big believer in Dave Filoni and his animation and his storylines. They are, um, they built those episodes and those seasons up where you got to know the characters, you got to know the stories and what was going on, and just like in Rebels, it's going to finish darker and stronger than episodes or seasons one and two. So, um, looking at this, you know, I was talking to my son, Joey, I really think you're going to see um, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Dave Filoni and his crew put together a, some way, some, somehow they're going to take the Dark Empire comic series, the Heir of the Empire, um, yeah, you know, uh, trilogy from Timothy Zahn, put that all together and then mix that in with different ways, different storylines to take us all the way from the prequels to the sequels. I think we're seeing different things in these shows, in these episodes, that you can go, oh, well, that that links back to the prequel era. And, oh, that links up to uh, the Mandalorian time frame. And, and then, oh, that leads up to the sequel time frame. You know, somehow Palpatine returns. Necromancer from uh, the, uh, the Shadow Council and... Uh, Moff Gideon in Mandalorian, uh, M Count, Mandalorian, uh, you know, midichlorians all the way from the prequel era to the M Count we hear in Mandalorian. Um, I think I think you're going to see all that get wrapped together, and you know, I think we all hope for good, strong endings as far as where the characters go. It's really too early to say. I, I said in the recent episode, is it going to be like? Uh, Rogue One, where everybody dies off in the end, or are we going to find some happy uh, finish where the, the clone, uh, you know, Bad Batch uh, survive or Omega survives or what have you? I don't know exactly where that's going to go, but I do know that they're wrapping things up in a nice little bow in this one. And I think they're going to use this 
to be the beginning of tying everything together. I, I hope so anyway. And I really feel like there's the chance for that to happen. With seeing the, the, the emperor come and talk about this and see Mount Tantus and see the, the cloning process that's going on with having Omega with the M count who can lead all the way to um, Ray in, in the sequel trilogy. I think there's a lot, a lot of opportunities there. I think, you know, obviously we saw in some of the um, previews that we saw, you know, Vader showing up, Chopper showing up, uh, different characters showing up, uh, Cad Bane, uh, you know, our favorite, Asajj Ventress, all those different people showing up, Phoenix Shan. I really see the tying together of all these different series, and animation is a great place to do it because you have that freedom, right? You don't have to worry about de-aging someone. You don't have to worry about aging someone. You just make the animation and and have the voice care the voice actors take care of the work. So I I am really pumped about it. I just wanted to hop in, give my two cents worth before we we start the show. Thanks for listening to what we're doing. Thanks for being a part of Rule of the Galaxy. Really looking forward to it. I will give thumbs up all the way across all three episodes. Uh, a Daniel Logan sign, you know, sighting in in episode two of the Bad Batch. So I'm I'm really excited where it's going. I can't wait to see the next few episodes and see what other characters get tied in, what other storylines get tied in. Go enjoy the show with D Doc, Alfie, Brent, and Adam Bray, and I'll be back next week. And we will have um, Stephen Kent and Riley Blanton with us on Rule of the Galaxy. So go enjoy the show. We'll talk to you next week. May the Force be with you. We have hope. Hope that things will get better. And they will. Especially since you're listening to Rule the Galaxy podcast. Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule the Galaxy fans. Here we are at 9.15. Uh, 15 <laughs> minutes late than our usual start. Just because I'm hosting. You know that's the reason. Uh <laughs> It's another episode of Rule the Galaxy podcast. It's a it's a big week because uh, the Bad Batch is back. You know, we've got some new Star Wars content on TV. And per usual, I was scrambling to watch it before tonight's episode. But I'm happy to be here. And you know what? If there's anything I missed, I'm happy to hear it from these guys. And then I'll go watch it again because I've seen a lot of cool stuff already. So. We'll go around the horn here. How you doing, Brent? What's going on with you? I'm doing good. I'm in the middle of trying to make my Darth more trees. Uh, Dathmir, not, I keep calling it Darth more when I talk to you guys, but I know it's Dathmir. But so uh, they're going to have like little eggs hang down from this, but this is like a tree that's going to be a wooded area. So you'll see me kind of, if you're watching the, the YouTubes, um, that's what I'll be working on this evening, kind of hobbying it while we talk Bad Bash. I like that. I like that you've kind of started uh, doing that a little bit during our shows that you're kind of uh, working with your craft as uh, as the show is going on. Eh, it is what it is. Sometimes they come out to be better than others. But yeah, I enjoy it. it it's uh, hopefully if people are watching, it gives them an idea of something <laughs> visually of what I actually this like nerd, my nerddom and how it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Alfie, what's going on with you? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Another crazy Thursday. I say it every week, but this is like the busiest night of our week. So <laughs> I was just like you, D-Doc. I'm always scrambling to get here on time. My, my problem is, and if anyone follows me on Instagram, they know what I'm doing. I'm renovating a bathroom at my own house, and I always fly too close to the sun at the end of the day. 
we were eating dinner with the family tonight. I had one wall to put up in my shower and I told my son, I was like, Hey, there's three episodes of the bad batch on. I'm like, we'll watch that. We'll watch it around like seven o'clock. Like I figured that would give me ample time to get on here, you know, be fine. I didn't like start wrapping up the bathroom till like around seven o'clock what I was doing. So it was poor planning on my part, poor planning. Regardless of my uh, problems, we have a special guest tonight, a guest who's been on Rule of the Galaxy podcast multiple times, a guy I'm a fan of. I love following him on Twitter. Adam Bray is on with us tonight. Adam, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, up here in uh, northern Michigan enjoying the warm weather for once. Now, is that sarcastic or... Yeah, and what's what's is that sarcastic or is the weather actually nice there right now? No, it's actually nice. It was fifty degrees today. In in the past, this time of year used to be like negative twenty and negative thirty, and it's completely switched over the last few years. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. What 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 do you have uh, going on uh, lately? Because I know it's been a little while since you've been on Rule the Galaxy podcast. Um, not a whole lot. Um, there are, uh, there are some books coming out later this year that have, uh, my name in them. Um, I'm not sure what I think about them though, honestly, because I found out about them by accident. Um, nobody told me about them. So, um, so I'm still kind of processing that. So I'm not, I'm not promoting them at this time. I'm kind of thinking that through but there are some things coming with my name in them okay are, are they star wars uh related things um there's, are, there's are a the, whole are... bunch of things on on s- several topics okay 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 well that's pretty exciting they're um, licensed, they're licensed books um, movies and tv and stuff is there anything that you do want to promote that's been going on uh, not at this time. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. To no worries. So, so vague. No, no, no. That's fine. What's going on in your fandom? I know you're a, you're a figure collector a little bit. I know you're a huge Star Wars fan. Star Wars fan. We'll get to the Bad Batch in a bit, but like, yeah. what's going on in your fandom? What's keeping the what's keeping the nerddom alive in uh, the Adam Ray world? Right. Yeah. Um. Well, I'd say um. Probably the the thing that's catching my eye the most right now are the the GI Joe figures that Hasbro mm-hmm. does. Um, they're they're really cool. The Hasbro's really uh, hitting a home run with them, um, with uh, a lot of detail and cool characters and uh, lots of accessories. I think is um, that the new six? You know, one is of that the, the new six-inch line? Which, yeah, yeah, they've got a G.I. Joe classified uh, line that's six inch. Um, one of the promises of uh, the, the Star Wars Black Series figures was, you know, that they'd be um, kind of the deluxe figures with, um, you know, ex- lots of accessories and swappable heads and hands and things. But except for the first uh, couple of waves, they never really came through with that. Um, but they have managed that with the G.I. Joe figures, I think, because they don't have to pay Disney a licensing fee because Hasbro owns that property. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the, those figures are a lot more fun. 
Um, so I've been enjoying collecting those, especially um, around the, you know, the holidays. Uh, they all went on sale for like ten dollars. So when uh, when your average price for six inch figures is like twenty five to thirty five dollars, that's that's a deep discount. So that made yeah. it fun. Um, yeah, I've had to pull back on everything else just because it's uh, it's so expensive. Um, even those uh, the Star Wars vintage collection figures, that was kind of the the core of my collecting. I just I can't afford them at uh, you know eighteen to twenty eight dollars each. Um, I, a little, I you know. Agree with you, Adam. Figure. I've had to stop buying them, buying them because they are just way too expensive for a three and three quarter figure. They're twenty seven dollars now, from what I've yeah, the, the, yeah, the the deluxe ones are um, twenty seven or twenty eight dollars, um, and there's a lot of a lot of them are going to the the deluxe, um, or they'll do uh, two packs or or even four packs, and uh, there's this weird thing uh, in collecting these figures now that's been going on for a number of years where um when you buy set packs with more figures they're even more expensive you know back in the <laughs> old days it used to be the more you buy the cheaper they are but now the more you buy the more expensive they are and it just doesn't make sense um it's just completely unaffordable uh so i've had to pull back um i actually I like the retro better now just for the value, uh, uh, the retro collection. I don't care for the packaging with the, the sticker, big big eyesore of a sticker and the faux weathering, um, but the figure itself at $12. Um, and those go on, those go on sale uh, more often. Um, you know, the price drops after a while with the retro figures where it doesn't seem to drop much with the vintage collection. Um, so they're they're much more affordable, and I might continue with with the retro, but put pause on the vintage collection. Yeah, I I have a feeling we're going to see price drops on vintage collection for the first time in a while because my target has been loaded with. Um, they have uh, Sabine and the Lothcats. Um, they have uh, Luke and Grogu training. Like you'd think that would be one that would fly uh -huh. off the shelf as well, but it's it's thirty dollars. They they essentially right. count when, when you when you have vintage collection Grogu, he's like microscopic, and they're almost counting that as a, a full size figure, like in that price. Other than the fact that they have like a couple little tiny accessories that come with it, I mean. It's crazy, and plus those are still in the in the box where you can't even see the figure as well. Which the the vintage collections ones where you can't see the figure, they don't look that bad. I'll say, I don't think it worked for Black Series, mm -hmm. but my, my shelves have been stocked yeah. at Target where they're usually empty. They're they're fully stocked, and no one's buying. Yep, uh, the Target and Walmart by mm -hmm. me are pretty well stocked, and they're just too expensive. Do you think that's also a possibility that the supply chains finally got worked out and they're actually getting to the stores? No, because it's like I will pay attention to little details of of how they're ordered, because sometimes like I, I'm telling you, I'll take a picture and I'll like look back on it and be like, this shelf literally has not changed for a week. Like no one has bought anything. 
like um, th this figure is still in the middle of this section. Like there, it's there, there's there's stuff like and which is kind of weird on my part because I never I go there to look and don't buy anymore. Like that's essentially what I do is it's like I, I just enjoy going and browsing and looking at it. But I'm not forking up that amount of money. I just wait for the Ollie's deal now. Shout out to Ollie's. Same Ollie's and Ross. Do you have an Ollie's near you, uh, yeah. Adam? We don't. Um, the, the only uh, the only discount stores uh, we've had are uh, big lots in my area, yeah. but they haven't had Star Wars figures in uh, um, oh, it's like fifteen years. Um, but we are getting a uh, five below. Um, I don't know Ooh. if they get vintage collection figures, but I've heard they get um, black series. Um, most of the unwanted stuff, but uh, I'm looking forward to them opening this summer. So you're going to get a Lando is what you're telling me. Is that, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah, Lando's and Zuvio's. <laughs> that poor Lando's been hanging on the peg for too long. The Meyer in Greenwood has, still and... has Empire Strikes Back Lando hanging on the peg. Yeah. He has, and it's it's a shame because uh, the the Black Series and the Vintage Collection figures they're uh, they're good figures, um, great character, but uh, I think it's uh, I I think it's probably a an instance of them um, overstocking them, uh, yeah. putting probably putting too many in a box. Um, and I think that's actually probably, I'm going to guess it's a requirement of, uh, um, they, they've, they've got a, they've got a requirement, uh, where certain characters, um, have to be, uh, included in every wave and, uh, sometimes more of them, uh, than others. And, uh, I think Lando was one of them. Yeah, I mean, he uh, this figure I got this one for six or seven dollars of Return of the Jedi, um, like Jabba's Palace Lando, and and I'll take that all day. It's a great figure. Yeah. I mean, the, the the head on it is excellent. Like, I'll take that. But but the, the thing is, is it's not even just like I, I'm at the point where I'll take any Black Series figure for around that price. Like, I just got Palpatine for ten dollars. Yeah. I just got Princess Leia for like ten bucks. Like. I just keep going to these value stores now. I think I'm down to yeah. there's two figures left at Ollie's that I have not bought. And that's uh, Holdo and Zori Bliss. And I just, even at $10, I, I can't pull the trigger on buying those yet. <laughs> right. Dude, at my, at my target, they had the Jin Urso Black Series in the peg. I'm like, what is this doing here still? Like... That's been in rotation at Ollie's for how long? Yeah, I got that one at Ollie's too. $7 I got it there. I'm a big Jin Erso fan, but I'm not going to spend $25 on, on the figures. So, you know, Brent, you started this, actually. You started this uh, this toy, toy talk. Toy time? He secretly loves it. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, I secretly love it. I do enjoy that people talk about it. But, like, so a lot of it is, like, okay, so – it's different. It's changed. It's expensive. Um, I don't know. Like the Lando, I like making. I, I just like teasing about it. Um, to be honest, yeah, I did get it started. I, I 
I also know that you guys get super fired up about it too. Um, we love it. I want to buy a Black Series figure at full price again, and there's there has been nothing other than the Luke that I ordered. Or no, I found that on the shelf. The Luke Skywalker from The Mandalorian, which was in the covered box, which I hated and Hasbro knew everybody hated it, so they got rid of that. But now that they've gone back, people mm -hmm. still aren't buying the, the clear case, which is funny. Like that, that Bo-Katan holographic um, figure at Target, I don't think one of those have been pulled off the shelf, honestly. It's like no, it's still full at mine. I think the the last full price one that I bought was Sabine from the Ahsoka show. I did buy that one. And that's a good one. That's a good I, I would buy that figure. It's it's a, a, a good solid figure. I will buy at full price. Just not that probably not that deluxe price unless it's eh, I, I have to say unless it's a fet. And then I, I might because it may go to on clearance. It may get bought up in, you know, triple in price. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on, moving on from toy talk. Cause we definitely, we definitely <laughs> hit that pretty hard. I, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the topics that Joe sent us over as some of the star Wars stuff that I never see during the week that Joe does see, which I always appreciate when he sends us over. But, um, the, the one that stands out the most to me, and we'll get to the Bad Batch. I just want to cover a couple of topics um, before we kind of get into the Bad Batch, because that's going to be a lot of meat of the episode. Um, one of my favorite stories that Joe sent was Liam Neeson says that Star Wars is diluting itself with um, spinoffs. Now, I, I got to look that up because I guess, did he do a recent interview where he said that? I'm not sure. But um, what, do you, what are your guys thoughts on that i'll go around the horn uh you know do you think star wars is diluting itself with too many spinoffs i'll start with uh brent on this one yeah <laughs> i had uh so i every now and then like somebody came into my office and saw all my toys that i have all of my uh tchotchke toys that i have posted and he was a uh the, he was a former band director and he credited john williams score of the first star wars of getting him to be a band director and he said that like the Disney stuff, it's not because it's quality or not, but it's not really been my cup of tea just because I feel like there's almost too much. Um, it's just constantly inundated with it. Right. And so not, not enough is a problem and too much is a problem. And I, I can see that there was also a post that had sidewalk sidebarred comment that I'd saw from one of my online forums was Kyle Newman, Star Wars fan, uh, came on and said that like the Disney Star Wars is essentially a cover band of Star Wars, right? So like if you think about that, like both of those statements are basically just saying that while we do love Star Wars, it, there might be too much of it. Like I don't know. Like so yeah, I do see it. I do think so. Um, but it's not something that it's going to stop me from watching it. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean. It's we, we expect a lot from it, and we have been uh, lost. Adam. Adam just uh, Adam just dropped out. I'll keep my eye out uh, for him in the bottom here. Anakin Skywalker. This is where the fun begins. I agree, Alfie. What are your thoughts on it? Because I'm actually reading more into an article of some more Liam Neeson quotes just because of this Empire um, article that recently came out with Phantom Menace coming back into theaters. So. Alfie, what are your thoughts on it? 
Did he say this before or after he cashed the Kenobi checks? <laughs> I mean, he said he was never. He said publicly he would never be on another Star Wars, and then he was on another Star Wars, right? Like, right. I mean, after Episode One, he trashed the movie and talked about, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but you know how he felt as a performer, how plastic it felt, and seeing himself as an action figure you know, just really hurt him artistically and that, yeah, he was never going to do another one, but he did, you know, and he I, got paid for it. I mean, <laughs> I, I see his point and, and I kind of agree. And then on the same, right on the other side, I like that there's a lot of star Wars. Right. I don't it's, think it's, there would be as much if there wasn't Liam Neeson. He uh he he thinks that okay. Star Wars is kind of becoming uh Star Wars is diluting itself by putting too much content out. Okay. Right. Yeah, and I was just kind of asking everyone's thoughts on that. Adam, what do you think? Okay. You want me to Oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. Yes, I I agree with him. Yeah, I I agree with him. Um I think it is diluting itself. Um, wouldn't I? Wouldn't necessarily be saying that um, if everything was uh, everything we were getting at a was at a high quality. Um, but I, I think it is. I think it is diluting itself. There's um, there's too many things that have been uh, at, at varying quality, um, and. Yeah, I think uh, Star Wars would be better uh, if it um, if it pulled back um, and regrouped and thought about what it was uh, going to give us um, before it put it out. Um, I think that uh, Dave Filoni being made the creative director or whatever he is is um, a good uh, move. Um, I think though there's. There's a problem that probably he's his position isn't high enough uh, in the chain because I think there's there's still a lot of I think I think still all the the decisions on uh, which projects they're doing and going forward with them is still made by people you know at a higher level than than him uh, and so I don't think that's going to correct the problem um, but I think I think it is diluting itself. Um, I think it does, it does a better job, uh, maintaining quality, uh, in animated form. I think, uh, so far what we've gotten is really good, uh, animated, but the live action stuff is kind of all over the place. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And it's, <clears throat> it's funny because, you know, like on top of all this stuff, it's like, we have Bad Batch out now. We have the Acolyte coming out. We have um, the Skeleton Crew coming out. Yeah, we have, what is it? June 5th, June 5th, I think. Yeah. Dude, this is the show that does not exist. That's going to happen to me. Like how I, I, I know you're tapped into the, like the leak community, Alfie. Has there been like leaks, set leaks, like information on this show? Because I haven't seen anything yes. personally. Not a whole lot, but there has been set photos and leaks from the Acolyte and from Skeleton Crew. It's so just they weird are me, actually yeah. happening. 
I I just feel like uh, with the Star Wars show, like I feel like that's one of those things where you get an early trailer for it, where it's like, hey, this show is going to be even if it's coming out in June, like right now it's February, you know, like I feel like we would be seeing a trailer for that on TV like or something. But I guess with these TV shows, I don't know. I guess they just start that. I guess they just start that run like a month or so in advance where they start pumping it up, I guess, Uh, like. I don't know. I guess we'll get that Empire Magazine, uh, you know, article where they give us the shots of the show and everything. What did they do for Bad Batch? I know, I know it's animation, but what? <clears> like, we didn't get anything as far as I know, as far as press clippings. No, no, because I honestly just yeah. think Disney knows that the Star Wars community, that's fans of the animation, are going to show up and watch this. So I think they just decide to not right. put any budget in at all into it. Yeah, all I've seen was the two trailers that dropped like last week. Yeah, and the... commercials well, on the Disney channels. I didn't even. Well, so I don't watch Disney Channel, so I didn't yeah, see the commercials on Disney we... Channel. So, right. And all of a sudden, these uh, interviews with the um, the production people, the producers, and 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 you know the key act, the two actors, D. Bradley and. Uh, what's her name playing Omega? All of a sudden, the interviews with podcasts dropped all at once a couple of days ago. Um, but they're really weak. It's really, it's really like kind of TV dinner stuff. Um, the interviews—they're—they're they're not asking uh, you know real, real hitting questions. It's as though, it's as though Disney wrote the questions for them to ask. Um, and you know it's last minute, so there's there's just not much production going, and or not not much promotion going. And these uh, the live action shows, uh, it is really weird. I don't understand uh, the timeline and the lack of promotion. The the acolyte, you know, back at the last celebration, I don't even remember when that was. You know, they brought them all the actors out on stage. Um, and back then it, it was just so early, like, it's like, you know, who are these people that are, that are up on stage talking about themselves? You know, they, nobody, you know, knew who they were. Um, and then we just, I don't know how long it's been, what, a year, a year and a half, and there's still no show, uh, and not to have an official trailer. I know there's, there's a leaked one online. Uh, and then the the skeleton crew, yeah, the skeleton crew, it's, we knew about that, you know, that was that information about that came out about the same time or maybe even earlier than the Acolyte. And who knows when that's that's coming. That's actually the show I'm more interested in. I think it'll be more. It just looks like to me, sounds like to me, it's just got more magic uh, in it. It's more they, they say it's the Amblin style, which means, um, you know, like E.T. and Goonies and things like that. So. I'm more. I'm actually more interested in that because um, I don't know. The acolyte has got a lot of inspiration that I don't. I don't. I just don't know if it's going to be what I think of as Star Wars to me. I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if we talked about this um, two weeks ago or a week ago or what, but I recently read something where there's rumors now that. The acolyte may take place fifty years before Phantom Menace now, rather than a hundred years. 
Like, yeah. what the hell is going on with this timeline? Like, it's like it's, there's a yeah, big how difference. Much time, and I think that's getting warped a little bit. And like, how much time is going to pass in this show? Does it necessarily have to stay in like one? You know, Mando seemed like each season was a set amount of time. You know, will there be enough? Who knows if it'll be more than one season? And there, you know, it does surpass you know years in the story. So I'm not real. I keep hearing the same yeah. thing: a hundred or fifty. And I, I man, think, that's uh, initial, just initial, setting up big expectations there, because we all know who I think, we want to show up. Absolutely. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I think it. I think initially Lucasfilm wanted. Uh, wanted to create this this new era, you know, to um, pair this with uh, what publishing's been doing, and you know, carve out this new niche um, with uh, the acolyte. And but I think Disney realized that if it's so separated from everything in Star Wars that fans know. Um, who's this going to appeal to? I mean, you might as well, you know, watch um, that Rebel Moon on Netflix or some other thing because it's not going to be the Star Wars necessarily that people know. And so they felt like they had to tie it to um, the Phantom Menace. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad idea. I think it will uh, get more recognition, but... Um, uh, and anticipation, but I think it, um, as far as this being a high Republic movie anymore, I don't think you can accurately call this a high, you know, say that this is in the high Republic area because 50 years is nothing. Um, you know, as, as, as we old folks, uh, get older, we realize that. So I, I, I don't think you can classify this anymore as a high Republic era movie or show. Yeah, I mean, my worry is that they're going to come up with some nonsense story to replace the Plagueis story. That's my biggest worry about this, is that yeah. they're going to like create their own version of Plagueis when Plagueis is a perfect story. And I just don't want to see that happen with this show. That's like to me that if they if they don't if they don't include Plagueis, if they try to make, you know, some different character instead of him to be play that role with Palpatine, I don't know, but I don't, I, I don't put it past them to just kind of change the story. And I just don't want that to happen. So that's my worry. Alfie, have you heard anything like that? Are they going to mess with that storyline at all or nothing? I mean, it's all rumors at this point. Uh, that's the big one is that somehow, and that's the reason for this change in time is that Eventually, in the series, it'll tie into Plagueis and Palpatine. Just make that a freaking movie. It's a great story. Just make it a movie. I've been like slamming my hand on the table saying to make a Plagueis movie. Like, I, I, it's the best to me. It's the best Star Wars novel I've I've read or listened to. I'll say I did it on audiobook, but uh, to me, it's just an automatic home run. It is a softball home run to win to win the game. Basically, the 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 pitcher is going to throw you an underhand pitch with the tie game, and you're going to hit it into the third deck. Like it's easy, and they won't do it. I, I really don't get it. What right, I've been and wondering that, that... is um, Palp Palpatine must have 
he must have been more than 50 years old in uh, in the Phantom Menace. So he'd be around, but a little kid, I guess. Do we know exactly how old the character is in the Phantom Menace? I don't know. I can look it up real quick. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that's what made me nervous when I... You're talking about Palpatine? Yes. How old do you think he yeah. is? In the Phantom Menace? He's the one that takes... In the Phantom Menace, he takes over as the Chancellor. Yeah, but how old do you think he is in Phantom Menace? Probably 40s, 50s. Is what I'm... Like, that's what I assume. 50s. We're going to see a 52. baby... Yeah, I'm thinking... 52. Yeah, he, his official birth was 84 years before the Battle of Yavin. Are we going to see a two-year-old so Palpatine have... uh, electrocuting a baby rattle in this show? <laughs> <laughs> I Go think ahead, we Adam. could get a cameo of him like in the last episode. Yeah. I don't know. That storyline is just too good to me to where it's like you could cast, you could get a great actor to play a young Palpatine and just make it happen. It would be awesome. And I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Palpatine in a little bit uh, because obviously, obviously uh, we got some, some bad batch fun going on here. I just want to hit another topic or two before we get to that. Um <laughs> Uh, this this one made me laugh that Joe sent. I have no clue where this came from. Could you see Taylor Swift being in a Star Wars movie? Where did that come from? From I think it's just I trying mean, to capitalize. I think it's just the whole media frenzy of Taylor Swift and everyone thinking let's capitalize on Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> because she's rumored to be in one of the Marvel movies coming out. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, but... <sighs> Grown, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't see why she couldn't, right? I mean, is I, she an actress though? Was Ludacris an actress before he did the Fast and the Furious movies? That's true. I guess that's Taylor Swift's next step is to just was Ice Cube an actor before he did mm-hmm. uh, Boys in the Hood. That's true. I think any successful singer is potentially an actor or an actress but i mean they gotta entertain they gotta put on a face yeah exactly yeah if they gotta do all the the videos and be up on stage then they can they can act on some level madonna's maybe the worst example of that but um you know but this used to be um, her playground yeah with with Taylor Swift, though, I don't even know what the recent publicity is about. I just saw her so much on Twitter, her name coming up, that I got, I finally had enough and I just had to block the keywords because I'm so sick of her appearing in all my timelines. So I'm kind of, you know, it's nothing against her. It's just too, way too much um, yeah. to, for her always to be the topic. So the, the idea of her, of, capitalizing on that and putting her in things which i'm sure some of these these franchises i don't doubt the marvel thing at all because they had uh that that boy band guy and and um the end of the eternals in one of those deleted scenes um so obviously marvel's into that and uh yeah, the, harry style pop guy in the, the marvels yeah yeah so 
Marvel's into that. Um, I just please don't do it in Star Wars. Well, but I guess we've so, already had it in Star Wars with um, the the two and the Mandalorian. I mean, NSYNC was supposed to be in Phantom Menace. And uh, the reason why I think Marvel does the K-pop is because they're trying to appeal to the uh, Asian market. So their worldwide box office can go from 100 million to 300 million. Wasn't right. NSYNC in yeah, episode maybe, maybe two? Was it two? Sorry, I knew that they were supposed to be in one of them. They are in that movie. Oh, I thought they got cut. I thought it got cut. No, they throw the lightsabers to Obi Wan and Anakin. What? In they're in Geonosis. They're in. They're in that movie. I gotta look for them, man. Yeah, when they're on the Ronto, not Ronto. I can't remember what the creature they're riding, and the two Jedi throw lightsabers to him. That's them. Yeah, I mean, hey, Madonna did do a good job in the movie Evita. The, the, that's that's one that I have in my uh, in my arsenal. I'm I'm a fan of uh, Madonna's Evita with uh, Antonio Banderas. For me, Argentina. <laughs> my brother was in uh, the Evita play, so I remember I listened to that soundtrack every night. Taylor Swift is rumored to be in Deadpool three as the Dazzler, what, which makes sense because like Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, right. And if you look up the Dazzler, it's it's her. why what why wouldn't you do it? Right. And I mean she was around them all I I think New York was yeah. when they were in the box and she was in New York on a break yeah. between the airs tour, so they could have put her in for two or three days. Yeah. There there's no doubt that that's a possibility. And Ryan know, Reynolds like, was in the box with them as well. Right. Yeah. And the director, and, Sean and, Levy was. Uh, and Wolverine, I can't think of his name. Hugh Jackman was in the box also. Also a guy who can sing and act. Uh, Hugh Jackman, <laughs> yes. Hugh Jackman. Les Miserables. Hugh Jackman. That's one, that's one hidden thing uh, that people might not know about me. Huge musical fan. Like, I love Broadway musicals. That is one thing that, like, I don't talk about much, but I'm, like, totally into it. I've seen so Hamilton. Les Mis is one of my favorite. Uh, I love the Les Mis movie. Oh my God, two four six zero one with um with uh what's his name playing uh what uh not Jean Valjean but um uh, Javert. His, uh, Sean, uh Cohen, Sasha Vera Cohen. No, he he was the um he was the guy who did uh, the Master of the House song, and uh, also um, Tim Burton's wife was his wife in that. And, yeah, it's uh, Anne Hathaway's in it. I dreamed a dream. Incredible song. Yeah. Uh, don't get me started. I also seen Rent. I, I'm, I'm a big, I, I, I that is like too. my, yeah, I got to see Rent with two of the original cast members in it. It was awesome. No <laughs> musicals for me. <laughs> Dude, I watched that. about 45 seconds of Evita and put it back in the case and returned it to the video store. Uh, Tay Diggs' <laughs> sister graduated from my high school. That's awesome. So I, I graduated like so Diggs in Dykeman. I basically sat next to, uh, and he was at like her graduation party. And this was right when uh, House Stella got her group back. So he'd already been in Rent because he was the originator of like the Slum Lord. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Benny. Benny. That was his name in Rent. Yeah. That's like, uh, yeah, that's another side of me that 
I'll be working on like a job site and listening to like Wicked and people be like, what the hell are you listening to right now? I'm like, uh, don't worry about it. Put my <laughs> headphones in. <laughs> Alfie, I'm laughing at Alfie's expressions right now. He's just like, what the hell? <laughs> I know. You know, everyone, every job's got to have that guy. I'm that guy. You know, it, it is what it is. I listen to weird music. I listen to movie scores. I listen to... Bro- I'll, Brent is making some progress here. What Alfie, we got? Does that look right? I think it looks pretty good. I think does it looks look damn good. Like, so like the little where the, the vampires drop out of during... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of so the is there an actual games. Legion's uh, Night Sister team? Uh, so the Shatterpoint game, which is like the um, the small... It's a bigger model size, small... Or sorry, bigger scale size, smaller model count has Night Sisters. Um, but you have Asajj Ventress in um legion um and just no one's like obviously since we had fetterman on and because i don't know the Saj was in that one uh dathomir just became or which she's gonna be in bad batch um dathomir just kind of jumped to my head because i haven't seen anybody make something like that gotcha there's a night sisters team on my game they're so annoying to play against they're the worst because they work together right and they can heal each other and they resurrect. bring each other back from the dead, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that game drove me nuts playing the Night Sisters. It might be part of the reason why I don't have that game anymore is because <laughs> the one uh, – I, I think the, the one character she might – is she called like the Mother? Uh, Mother Talzin. Mother Talzin. Yeah. She would just you – would, you would take out her squad and, and then you'd start working on her and she would just resurrect everybody. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you try to take out her, she just Um, so Legion is a tabletop war game, but they're talking about Galaxy of Heroes, um, the the uh, oh, mobile okay. game. But uh, uh Star Wars okay. Legion is a it's um it's a miniatures based tabletop uh, war game, um that I've gotten myself into. It's three dimensional chess, and um, I get into making the the terrain and making it look like the the, the areas that you uh, play in. So. Currently, I'm taking inspiration from Jedi Fallen Order um, and the Clone Wars to try to make a Dathmir um, inspired. So I take pink foam, cut it down to shape into mountains. Um, I don't know if you are looking at the video or not. Um, basically, this is tin foil, hot glue, cardboard, uh, Easter eggs, and okay. uh, uh, like jute rope. So I'm going to have to like basically prime that so i can paint it to make it like that glowing red i'm gonna do something to the trees to cover them up and paint them but that's to look like part of that forest in that do, do you have a hot uh okay. wire cutter Brent? yeah um i broke my original one which wasn't very good and i had money from uh christmas in a in a amazon gift card so i got a pretty good one now aren't, aren't those the aren't those the best man fantastic I... dude it's a game changer I always um I, I build a train display at a retirement home every year and every year it gets more custom and bigger. This thing is like 30 feet by 15 feet. It's huge. And I'm always the mountain guy because I did it one year where I was using a knife and cutting into it and everything and the foam was getting everywhere. And I told my boss because I started watching guys who make these dioramas on YouTube and they use these hot hot foam cutters and I'm just like, yeah. I need one of these. And he ordered it for me, dude. Those things are a game changer because you just kind of, you just carve into the foam like butter. 
Yeah. And it, it's, there's something, obviously it's satisfying. It, it, it hits my artistic niche to see basically aluminum foil and hot glue turn into like a craggy tree and it, to see pieces of like insulation foam that you can just turn into something that looks like mountains in 10, 15 seconds. Now you got to paint them up and, but yeah. Joe is in the chat. He says, Hey boys. And he said, Adam, I love your Marvel and star Wars books that I've got from you. Well, thank you, Joe. And then we've got Anakin Skywalker in the chat. Bringing that up one right there. Star Wars sure. battlefront classic collection, Xbox series X. You and Alfie, I'm sure are going to uh, head over here. I can't Alfie, wait for that. Alfie, you have an Xbox, right? Yes. Oh, we're teaming up, dude. Yeah. We're partying up. And this we're is on Switch, going. though, right? I mean, it, this is on, on everything. Yeah, it's on everything. But like on Xbox, you can get Battlefront 1 and 2. It just, there's no online play. And this is yeah. bringing back the 64 player online. Exactly. I have the I have the original Battlefronts downloaded on it too, but to the be able to party that... up and play online is going to be crazy. And they're adding some new characters in it. Asajj Ventures is going to be in it. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, so, they're adding characters. New characters, sure. new maps. Sure, but they're not upping the quality of the graphics though. And that's, I guess, probably my biggest, that's my biggest hurdle, at least from the, the gameplay previews that I watched when you guys sent this out. And thank you, uh, Anakin, for bringing this up. But the gameplay previews that I saw made it look like it was still sitting in the 1990s graphics world and not necessarily in the 2024 graphics world. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see because when they re-released Halo, you can switch modes. You can okay. make you can it look old it or you can do a... Yeah, touched up version, a modern version. I could Here, be wrong about that, but I'm pretty here's sure. What I, here's what I think it's going to be is they recently re-released um, GoldenEye, N64 GoldenEye for Xbox and everything. And it's the same game. It's still 64-bit, but it's like extremely smooth and it's just better gameplay. Like the buttons are more responsive and everything. I think that's what's going to happen with this is <clears throat> because like in order to put a playstation 2 in and ha and and even for battlefronts um even for battlefronts game that was um brought back onto xbox it doesn't show up on a modern um flat screen tv as full screen still if i'm not mistaken and it looks warped a little bit if you do go to full screen so what i think this is going to be is i think they're going to make it able to project onto modern tvs I think they're going to improve the gameplay, even though it's going to look like the old gameplay, which I want it to be like the old gameplay. I don't want it to be like the new one because we have a new Battlefront and a new Battlefront 2, which those are still good games. Like, I like both of those. But, um, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped on, on those coming out. So. Adam, are you a video game player? Uh, I enjoy it, um, but I've, I've only got a PS4. Uh, okay. don't have the new PS5, so I'm locked out of these new games. Um, I don't know. So is this I'm one coming out to like it says all consoles? Is it going to come to the PS4? Like yeah, play four it? and five, I'm four. Yep. Okay. And I knew it was Switch. I knew that there was. Uh, I like the I old uh, Battlefield. 
Yeah, so it's yeah, like it's the ninety. Been... I see the only Battlefront one I know, and I, everyone like, ah, oh, it's such a crap game. It's actually a damn good game if you ask me. But the EA Battlefront's the only one that I know, just because I've been out of the video game world for so long. I know that there are issues with it, and hardcore gamers don't like it, and it's pay to win, and nah, 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 nah. but That's... I really enjoyed the game. Both one and two were real problematic when they came out, but after many updates, they became great games. Yes, they they fixed any any complaint that the community had about those games were fixed, especially with two. Two was the one where it was pay to play. I'm pretty sure for like a couple days. Yeah, they made that change real quick. Really fast. Like people had the pitchforks out when when it came out. Because I think you had to pay for like every character like the to loot unlock. Box, right, you had to like yeah. buy loot boxes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, the the pitchforks worked on in in that situation. So, yeah, I I've I played a lot of Battlefront two. I actually don't have it downloaded right now just because there, there's only one B five with Battlefront two, and it's in Battlefront one modern version. You could do these rounds where it was fifteen rounds of waves of characters coming at you. And me and my brother would wanted to three star every single one of them. Yeah, and that was the only mode you could play two player. Yeah, and how much fun was it to play those? Like yes. me and him would play it for hours, and I was like, I can't wait to see what maps they do with with uh, they do that with on this uh, second one. And they just didn't do it. They 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 had like some weird kind of version of it, but it it, it was not the same. So. Yeah, as as we're uh, as we're into all this chit chat, I guess it's time to talk about the Bad Batch, fellas. We've been going for, for seven <laughs> minutes now. I expected yeah. to hit these topics quickly, and and here we are, forty seven minutes in. So let's uh, let's get into the Bad Batch. And honestly, I just want to start with like overall first impressions from you guys, like how uh, how you felt about it, and and then we'll go into details. Um, uh, Brent, I'll start with you. Why would you start? I want to go to Adam. Adam, what did you think? Adam, Adam, what do you think? Yeah, Adam, what do you think? Yeah, um, overall, I liked it. Uh, I think the best best episodes were the the first and the third. Um, I liked uh, I liked the writing and the storytelling. I think the music was uh, really great. I think Kevin Kiner, uh, I guess he works with his children now. I think it's three of them. And uh, you can tell there's really tell there's three minds behind the music because um, it's really it's really thoughtful in the in the development of themes and the, the symbolism and stuff in, in the music. So I really dig that. Um, I I thought like I said, the first and third episodes were really good. Um, but I asked myself, you know, if, if I were kind of new to Star Wars, you know, if, if I like I had a friend watching this with me that uh, didn't know much about the Bad Batch, what would they think? And while I thought it was interesting, I, I felt like it was kind of missing the fun factor. Um, it's, it's great for those of us that have watched the, the last two episodes and just the continuation of the story, but it, there wasn't a lot of fun in it. Um, and, and the second episode, it was, it was great. Uh, it was interesting to see the young clones. It was great to hear 
Daniel Logan's uh, voice, uh, the original Boba Fett from Attack of the Clones. Um, but I felt like that episode was a little bit lazy. Uh, it just kind of followed the, you know, kind of a cookie cutter story. Uh, not, you know, it, what ha- what needed to happen happened, but it I didn't wasn't that interesting to me. And I thought the 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 whole the whole scary vine thing was a bit lazy. Uh, there are so many other um, other experiments in like the EU that the Empire worked on that they could have pulled something like that in and been a little more interesting. It's just monster monster jungle vines is just that's just it's kind of phoning it in. You know that's the easiest as far as CGI and effects. You know to, to do that's just I, I wanted more than that. Um, and I was I was disappointed too that um, you know the the crew it's down to two it's you know it's just Hunter and Wrecker um, and that I was disappointed that they don't uh, didn't make the three kids part of their crew I think at at this point the crew needs to be growing they they need to kind of create an army and and maybe they will you know they drop those three kids off on uh, the island um apparently and so they can go back and get them later but i just felt like they should have kept them on board and brought them on the adventure um but other than that uh you know i liked it i can see why they you know they had three episodes i don't think you could release uh just the first episode or even the first and the second episode uh to draw people in i think they definitely had to drop all three so I understand why they did that. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I watched the first episode fully through second episode bits and pieces and then third episode. So I do kind of understand what's going on now because I have been kind of watching as the show's been going on here too, hosting and watching at the same time. Alfie, did you, uh, did you enjoy uh, th- this start to the, to the season? Uh. I have been very critical of this show, and I feel like these three episodes really highlighted a lot of my criticism, (laughs) that the most interesting parts of this show have not much to do with the Bad Batch. That first and third episode, I did not want to end. I would have liked to have walked around with Hemlock and just asked a thousand questions about what's going on. I, I agree with Adam. I think the, the second episode was a typical Bad Batch episode. It just, yes, it moved the plot forward a little bit. I liked the young clones. Gives us more insight into what's going on. Uh, Echo and Rex are off doing something else. Um, but we couldn't get back to uh, Mount Tainus fast enough for me. Yeah. No, I I agree. It is it is odd, like with the Bad Batch crew just being Hunter and Wrecker. It is it is weird, and it was weird for me to be rooting for Omega and Crosshair not to escape. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to. I don't want to leave. Tantus. <laughs> you, don't wanna leave you don't want to leave yeah. Tantus. I want to know more about this place. It, right, it is, is cool that because of your history. Is that because of the history that yeah. you have with that place? It just seemed like. I know we're going back there. Some things are going to get answered, but then it's like, I don't want there to be a possibility of it not getting answered. I want to know what's in the vault. 
Yeah, I went back and rewatched that segment just to see if I missed it because I know they went in and I know they like I didn't know if they showed anything inside that vault. So I've watched it three times tonight thinking that I missed something. And Did, I'm just like, they're going to string this out. They're going to oh, they string are. out what's going I on. I missed it the first time I watched it. But did you see the clone that was all in black outside? And then it goes yep. back in, like, yeah. uh, right at the beginning of that episode, I believe. Or if it wasn't, it was on a different episode. And but then yeah, the, like, Sith runes that were all over the floor. That I didn't so, notice. Yeah, this kind of ties into that line from The Rise of Skywalker. Cloning and dark magic and... Secrets of the Sith. <clears throat> I don't know. I want to see what's in those things. Could this really be leading towards... Because, I mean, Palpatine's obviously very invested in what's happening here. So do you think this could possibly be what leads yes. to Ray? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it, also leads, it leads to everything that they're talking about in The Mandalorian as well, because... Why would they use the word M count? The only time, when was the first time that they used the word M count? That was the first Episode time. I one. They called them midichlorians. They didn't call them M count. I called it midichlorian count. Yes, but, but yes, they didn't call I'm it an M count. The first time I that I heard M count was during uh, Mando season one when they mm -hmm. went to uh, the first time they saw the pickle jars. And so I'm. it's 100% the cookie or the Easter egg or the nugget and breadcrumb that will lead us to the cloning and the cloning of Gideon and the, the, that whole shadow council stuff in my mind. Yeah. Like, they used the same name. They called it project necromancer. What's going on? Luke Skywalker. That's a comment from, uh, <clears throat> from YouTube and the hyperspace heroes guys are uh, in here. Good evening to you as well. Yeah. So you said you watched one and two, or you said you watched one and two pretty solid, and you're kind of watching three. No, so. no, I watched I watched one and three pretty solid, and two oh. was the one because you guys in the group text, I can never tell if you're actually serious or not when you say that two was like kind of a snoozer. I'm like, either two is a banger or it's actually a snoozer. If I say that it is something that's solid, it's probably just to be sarcastic with everybody else. He's directing it strictly towards me, D-Doc. <laughs> yeah. He's coming at this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think it was necessary. Like, So to, to go to my, uh, my opinion of two, it's necessary, right? I feel like there were parts of it that were necessary. I can see what Adam is saying, that it was kind of lazy. Um, I think a lot of Star Wars is cliche and lazy. Like, and I want to say, I'll go back to even like the George Lucas stuff. And I know I'll get hate from this, from everybody in the chat. It'll light up. There's a lot of cliche and lazy type things and themes that are in all of Star Wars. Um, but I think it's necessary to cut up the stage. She was, was she communicating a little bit more than just um, simple communication with homeboy, the, the, did she have like the animal connection like Ezra has because she has a high M count? Um, that's that a good setting? thought. I don't, that's an interesting thought. Is it that she has a high M count, or because the second time I watched it, the way that they word it, it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean anything about her having an M count. It's just that she is the M count she, was not destroyed or right. She's susceptible degraded. to it. Right. She can it accept that. Correct. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I like as we're talking about this and as I'm thinking about it, it is kind of funny because Alfie is right. It's like the second episode is essentially there just to remind you, like, yeah, like this is about Hunter and Wrecker and the Bad Batch, even though like I'm totally invested on what's going on at Tannis. And that's all I want to know is right. like what's going on there. Like how many people really picked up on that? The guy that was missing a horn was in season one of Bad Batch. Uh, yeah, it was, it was right before the race on season two. Yeah, season two. Yeah. He looked really familiar to me, and I'm like, "What are you from?" Uh, like when I saw him, I'm He's like, "I know Wars. you from something." He's also from the Clone Wars because there was a couple episodes where Hondo works with him, or they use him, uh, and maybe Rebels, one of the two. So he's in one of them, right? Of uh, other animations as an older person, so you know that he's still stuck to stick around, sticks around. Yeah. Which I went to the IMDb on that episode, and um, Angelica Houston um, played right. that um, Issa Duran because uh, I heard her voice, and I'm just like, I'm like, this is an actress. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to say I knew it was her in any type of way, but I'm like, I'm like, this is someone who's definitely like a high end actress with that voice, and it's the girl played. She played um, uh. Morticia and the Adams family. She's done a bunch of. Uh, she's had a bunch of roles. There, there was a lot of uh, actually like stars that appeared. Um, the the boy uh, from uh, Ju- Julian Dennison. He played Deke in episode two. Yeah, he's, he's from a, Deadpool two, right? Yeah, he's in Deadpool two, and there's another movie that he was in. I forget the name of it, but they they definitely they definitely pull in the big the big actors and actresses. For these roles and the guy who plays um uh geez i'm like his name's already i i i forget this guy's name constantly and he's like now become the big the big bad uh hemlock obviously that's played by um jimmy simpson who he's he's done a bunch of uh like kind of roles in that way but he's also in always sunny in philadelphia so that's where he holds a place in my heart I mean, I want he's to one punch of the McPoils. He he is he is a punchable character. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a dick. That's the only way I could describe him. He really is. <laughs> he's a dick. I, it's his voice, though. Like, I, it's perfect for the character, but I want to choke him out every time he starts talking. Right. So he's doing a good job. I'm saying it's perfect for the character. Like, like don't take my statement as saying that it's not. But he is a, he's a dude with a punchable face, and I want to choke him just because of the, the cadence and the arrogance that comes from him. And I also, I'm upset with Emery, or whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. She's just doing, she's just going to continue to do her job, and yeah, maybe she's... they're setting it up for her to be redeemed at one point, but I think she's just going to keep doing her job. Yeah, did you notice that her glasses have the same pattern as Omega's window? She's in her own prison. Okay. Um, what? What? <laughs> That's interesting. What? What leafy green are you on? And can I have some? Because I just know. noticed it when she was standing in her room. They clearly show her glasses have the same pattern as that, like kind of metal window that Omega's looking out of. And I clearly agree that she is in her own prison. So there's one of them. That's really the deep. Yeah, this Hemlock guy, I kind of noticed it. This epi- these episodes, does he kind of look Snoky to you? 
He kind of uh, so does. You're, think, you're thinking that the like because he's gonna get all arrogant and think oh, that he can make God. own copies of himself. So they're gonna like. Do you think he's trying to make like? Do you think the tests that are in that room are him mixed with all of these other clone troopers to try to keep the midichlorian count? Up? I don't know. They showed his face a couple times <laughs> in a way, and I would I just looked at him, you know, thought, man, he kind of looks like Snoke a little bit. What if he, yeah, is the basis for the clones? Somebody has to be right, right? Well, not for the clones, for the uh, for uh, the clo- the Snoke clones. Not the, yeah, not the, the clones of the Emperor. Yeah, I mean, a- Adam, Adam, do you have any theories on what this Hemlock operation is? Um, no, not really. I just assumed that they were making uh, clones of Palpatine um, to try to start that. But on the other hand, it does, it does seem uh, it's it's hard to believe that that he would. I just, it just, I feel like that would be more secret, even more secret than than the, this program. So I'm not sure, um, but I guess the the obvious answer is that they would just be Palpatine clones. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm not surprised uh, that Omega is involved in this, or that she's got the high M count. That was something I just assumed from the very beginning, because um, I guess. The other, the other kind of elephant in the room is how do you get uh, a blonde-haired uh, Caucasian female uh, clone from a uh, Django Fett or a Tamara Morrison? Um, and I, I had wondered if you know maybe that was a Force thing that that she was able to be so different because of the force you know that the force jumped the the genetic barrier or something um and I, I think in a sense that's what's happened however now that they've got uh, emery um and i there may have been another female clone i can't remember that if we if we've seen another um that does muddy the water a little bit um uh, but there, there does seem to there does need to be further uh, explanation of that. Um, unfortunately, that's not a question I've ever heard addressed to um, you know anyone involved in uh, making the show. If we're ever going to get an answer to that, but I think that's is part of the mix. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And am I mis- Am I not mistaken that Omega did not start off the show wearing a ponytail and she started to wear a ponytail? Do you think she was doing that to relate to the girl more? Alfie, go ahead. If you notice the uh, marks in her cell, like six months pass. Yeah. There's a big time jump. But yeah, she looks like her. Or so was her imitating getting, her style. Yeah, her hair is getting longer. And that's why I'm like, oh, is Omega like going to, gonna get her try to make her hair look the same as hers to kind of make her feel a little more empathy for her in some kind of way you know there's a lot of moving parts with this show actually at this point like as i'm thinking about it right now there are a lot of moving parts and on top of all that you you just have hunter and record you know doing doing their thing and they're gonna get omega back but would uh crosshair really leave her no, I don't think so. No. Okay. No. 
I think so. I think he would. I think I, I subscribe to what he was telling her that he is not them. I think he wants to believe that. I think at one point in this show, we just need to stop with that because we know he is one of them and it's going to, and it's like at one point it's just like buy-in. He's not, he's not, he's not well, going to be a bad guy in the end. In my opinion. He's, he's got to have, if you're going to say that, then I'm going to go to what I know of the Joseph Campbell heroes journey. He's got to have some sort of rebirth. I feel like he's had like two, two or three rebirths though, since this show has started though, he keeps like thinking he's the guy and keeps getting kicked down. Like, I think he knows he's not the guy now. Yeah. He's kind of lost his steady trigger finger there. Oh, yeah. The hands are shaky. We saw some real blasters at one point, though. And we saw a lot of stun guns. Yeah, but, well, when the storm, when, 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 um, when Crosshair got the gun from that stormtrooper, when he was, like, telling him I'm in charge and everything, and he took the and he took the gun and shot it and it was the stun gun. I'm like, are you kidding me? Even the stormtroopers are carrying stun guns in this place right now. The first shot from a stormtrooper blaster was a stun ray. Actually, no, I disagree. It's not the first shot. It was when I was talking about when they were trying to stun Leia. Yeah. But uh, they were shooting at the fleet troopers. They weren't trying to stun. The stun guns are definitely overdone. I've started to wonder with these episodes if maybe that's a directive from Disney that they don't want um, in a cartoon people killing each other so much. Because um, this series started off really violent and dark, if you remember, um, when uh, the those uh, dark, dark troopers or whatever they're called... Um, burned those civilians alive with a flamethrower um that was pretty extreme i was kind of shocked by that and it seems like since then they've pulled things way way back every time anyone's shooting it's a stun gun and so i wonder if that's a disney directive yes but meanwhile you have um the deadpool uh Super Bowl ad where he's talking about pegging in it. So <laughs> it's like Disney doesn't know what to do. At Disney or is that Sony? That's no, Disney. it's Disney. This okay. this this Deadpool is Disney. So I don't know. I mean to me, Rogue One is one of the most violent Star Wars movies that's ever been made. And that was Disney, and it's one of the best I've ever seen. But it's because it's Star Wars. You really felt the wars part in Rogue One, in my opinion. So, I mean, this is animated, though. So I I understand the stun guns, but, like, I don't know. I think they've held on to the we're not going to kill our brothers a little too long. Well, I think at this point, you probably switch off the stun guns so can, can we talk about another thing that like you video game people probably love and adore but yet confuses the hell out of me are they republic commandos or not like what are they well they were republic commandos but they're not there's no republic anymore are they clones yes or are they conscripts conscripts no they're still clones and there's a ton of them 
Right. And we went through Clone Wars, Rebels, and there. didn't see a damn one of them. And now you see him crawling on Tantus. Well, Rebels is after this. I know that. And Clone Wars was before, and there were some Republic Commandos. But In Clone Wars? Yes. Oh. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I'm not I a think, huge Clone Wars person, so. I think they're like the Death Troopers that were the with. Most of it because this is a new show and it's a limited show. This is it's only three seasons, and so this is really their only time to use it. So I think they're just making the most of it. Yeah, and they're in a pretty high security place where you would have yeah. the best troopers. But no, I get, uh, I, and I get the fact that they're the specialist troopers, and this is this is the most secret and this is the one that you want to try to i get that i just feel like i don't know there's people that love that game and i feel like again this is like that fan service or whatever but i don't know i, I can you even call them clone troopers can you even call them republic commandos yeah i mean could could you give me what what the difference is between them like is there a reason why their visor is shining and like is there are are they just the top tier of all of the clones? Is that just what it is? They're the they're the best out of all of them. I'm not a hundred percent sure about canon anymore, but I I think in Legends they were basically like the Bad Batch. They were enhanced, so there wasn't a whole lot of them, and they operated in little squads. But I, I, I honestly, I'm just not really sure what, what they are anymore. Adam, do you know do you know like more details about them? Uh, yeah, I I think uh, Al Alfie took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say they were kind of like the original bad bats. They were kind of like what the bad bats ended up being. Was supposed just, to be. They were. They yeah they were just uh, more elite. Um, they were better than the average clone. Um, and they were really uh, in, just really individual characters. Um, so in the game, as with the action figures that have come out for the, the game characters, um, each one, their armor is a, a little bit different. It's a little bit customized. They've got their own colors and stuff mm -hmm. um, rather than, you know, all looking, you know, all painted as a unit. Um, right. And so I, I think that's that that was the original intent. Uh, now it's just they're just kind of they're they're like the green berets, you know. They're they're the best of of the best, and uh, so because of that status, I think they're still kept around uh, at this point in the timeline. But they'll, they'll be phased out like everything else from um, the the Clone Wars era. Yeah, that that's what I I wonder if we'll see something like that during this show where I mean you saw how disrespectful the stormtroopers were to Crosshair, like when they're like, this, this guy thinks he can tell me what to do. Like, are you kidding me? Like he thinks he has ranks on us, like which like crosshair is badass. But like I I wonder if we'll get to a point where with all the stormtroopers being mixed in with them at, at Tannis might run into some problems, you know. Alfie, go ahead. Yeah, uh, one thing that I do remember about the Commandos is, and again, this isn't canon anymore, but in the Darth Vader novel that was like right after Revenge of the Sith, you found out that most of them did not turn against the Jedi because they did not have the programming. 
since they were so uh, enhanced, they weren't uh, given that program to follow the orders. They were allowed to be more independent. Interesting. So Vader actually killed most of them himself because they let Jedi escape. Wow. See, they're all like a lot stockier too. Those guys like look like they're hitting the the clone weight room. You know, like they're 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 pumping iron in there. They're they're freaking squatting. They're 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 hitting the bench. Like those guys are lifting weights. High protein diet. Yeah. Absolutely. 5 meals a day. What do you got to do when you got to go to the bathroom in your clone armor? Don't they I thought they had a uh Do you have a latch? No, wait, that's Iron Man. Never mind. I would think of Iron Man. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm sure you could probably, you know, flip down, you know, whatever, uh, if you got to go to the bathroom. But, like, you know, if you got to drop a deuce, I mean, that, that probably gets it, a little fishy. Yeah, that's a, probably a long process. You got to be planning ahead. You got to keep your you got to keep your white pan strong. Yeah. You got to practice taking that armor off. <laughs> those over tro- and over again. The, those troopers don't got to worry about their wipe hand being strong. They got a strong <laughs> wipe. They're 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 one wipe and done. The 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 uh, those troopers. They they're can one use either hand. Done. They might even have clean sweeps. For all I know, they might clean just have sweeps. The, they just might have the perfect method down, man. They might not even have to wipe. Man, that's where we went there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Alfie. It, it took a turn. Uh, you know, we go we go into wipes every so often ever since the left-handed wipe. Uh, you know. <laughs> so uh, the next question, I guess, and this this is where I kind of want to see where you guys come from. How does Ventress show up? Because we know Ventress shows up. We talked to Nika. Um, she said that this is just the appetizer, but we know that she's going to show up. How do you think she shows up? Yeah. <sighs> Do you think Hunter and Wrecker are just going to run into her, like doing whatever they're they're doing out there, or do you think Omega is going to crash land on some random planet? Or the I only mean, reason like... why I'm the Omega connection is like sitting with me is because of the hair, right? Because Ventress actually has hair in the preview, and it's starting to look like uh, the hair that we saw for the four seconds that she was on screen looks very similar to the hair that um, Homegirl has, Omega Omega has. I'm going to hold out hope that it has something um, to do with the path and getting Omega to safety. So the, that would the be Obi-Wan cool. path and the Quinlan Voss sign that popped up. I, I don't know, though, because see, this is where I have problems believing that there'll be any type of happy ending to this show, because why would Hemlock or the Emperor ever stop hunting her if her blood is that viable to the project? Does the Emperor know it? Because right now it's just Hemlock that knows it. <laughs> he seems to want the promotion. You would think he would be flaunting that. I think he also knows that if he doesn't come through with it, he's dead. <laughs> the, what I'll say is this right. show can't end with this show can't end with the Bad Batch being dead and Omega being a blood prisoner like that. That's not how this show can. I, can but end. I think that's the only logical end to it. 
I mean, if you think about it, like for what they're up against and for the fact that Palpatine's going to last uh, another six movies, <laughs> right? It, it, it kind of makes sense, but it would be like devastating. You have thoughts on that, Adam? I'm sure he's got thoughts. On yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, I I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I I don't. There's not really enough. Uh, there there aren't there aren't enough uh, threads hanging loose. I think to see what's gonna happen uh, with her. Um, or uh, the, the prior question of how they come across Ventress, how she ties in. I don't see any. Um, I don't see any, you know, morsels to uh, grab onto there yet uh, to uh, give hints about that. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's all just a guess now. I really think that the I've said it before. I think the best ending to this show would be the death of the Bad Batch, one by one. Very sad. In Omega and Nalase, basically creating Ray through long-term genetics, long-term plan. The more that this project is done, the more this recessive gene comes to the front, and eventually it leads to. Palpatine's son and Ray. And Omega lives on in Ray. Yeah. Definitely is interesting. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's bad, but I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. To me, the show definitely does miss tech without a doubt. Like, not having tech in the show does suck. Yeah. Seeing his goggles on, on the shuttle that was as a little rough and then so i was thinking the doll was a connection to tech as well am i right i thought that was wreckers oh is it okay yeah yes but i mean omega did build a big connection with tech as in in season two so yeah, the, the freaking clone troopers couldn't even let her have a straw doll. Like, give me a break. Right, because they're trying to take away her individuality, right? So the individuality gives you strength. To be able to take her and make her routine and make her same, you got to take everything and keep her that prisoner, keep her in that mundane lifestyle, take away any hope that she has. It is, it's, a way to, it's a way to control. So, yeah. yes. That's why I thought the first episode was very good was just like seeing her daily activities and like how they kind of reverted to the same morning routine, like three times, three or four times in that episode where it's like, all right, you wake up, you grab your lunch pail, you go in, you feed whatever those animals are. What, what's the name of them? Do you know, or, or are they, are they something in star Wars that I should know the name of or, or I'd never heard it before. No, and then he gave a specific name to the one, right? Batcher. Batcher, yeah. Batcher escapes. Here's that's why it's like. Go ahead, Adam. Here, uh, here's a thought uh, um, on Omega. Um, perhaps, uh, perhaps she is Ray's mother, um, because then that would. Um, bring uh because 
Palpatine's son, um, if I remember correctly from what I heard about the novel, is a clone. Mm -hmm. uh, so perhaps it's not. Uh, perhaps it's not that um, the cloning was uh, successful in uh, Ray. Perhaps uh, it's that Omega was her mother that uh, brings the midichlorian uh, count uh, into the line to produce Ray. And perhaps that was uh, always uh, Palpatine's plan, part of uh, his plan that um, uh, that Omega would go free uh, and would uh, connect up with uh, his his clone son. Um, and to, to pull that off, though, in this series, I think they'd have to do uh, what they did uh, at the end of Rebels uh, and show, you know, a little bit of the future in uh, the last few minutes. Because uh, otherwise, you know, if they stay in the current uh, timeline of the show, uh, they're not going to be able to inject enough details to show how that plan would uh, work out. But uh, they jump jump to a future scene like they did uh, the last episode of Rebels. I think they could they, they could pull that off. Because I think uh, Ray's mother, uh, I think she's blonde, isn't she? Uh, I'm trying to remember. remember. I, 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 I could go back. on screen for like 30 seconds, right? Like it was during... Rise of Skywalker, the yeah, it's real flashback quick. scene. I mean, it's a real quick scene. So yeah, I have no idea, to be honest. I'd have to go back and watch it. I just wish that they showed us more in episode three when they finally showed Palpatine going through the lasers and, and going back there, which, hey, we have Ian McDiarmid back as the voice again. Yeah, they should be, he should be being paid to just read random things <laughs> and being recorded right just as here's, many words as you can get in the emperor's voice here's the dictionary just read me the dictionary here's a thought so is it too far off to think that eventually this location will be attacked maybe destroyed at least found out about and that's why they have to move to Exegol That's possible. Well, so they orbital bombarded his first treatment facility. Why right. did they leave that? Why did they leave that one? Right. So I would would assume that it was because the tree things got out. Okay, because they couldn't stop it, so they got out, right. and then the way to try to kill the tree things was to just to shoot it down and get the hell out. So now let's go to Mount Tantive. Or what a tantive, what a tantus, whatever, however you say it. I don't know. Like, you, you would think, think that I thought, go ahead, go ahead, Adam. Uh, I, I, I think that's an, uh, a, a reasonable uh, presumption because um, if now that uh, Omega and Crosshair escape, that means that the enemy will know the location of Tantus. And that would be a uh, that would be a good reason to destroy the base and uh, move it. Yeah, 
And that's um, you can you can tell that they're going to do whatever it takes to get Omega because they called off the 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 firing squad on her at the end there too and everything. So it, whatever they have to do to get Omega now at this point, I mean, she's the key to everything. They they kept showing those blood samples and everyone was not working out and hers is the only one that does. So the the bad batch is gonna they're they're gonna uh, now maybe I missed it just because like I said I we started the episode right as I was finishing the third episode. She didn't reunite with them or anything, right? Was she just in the ship when it ended? Right. So she's gonna reunite with them. It's just gonna be Omega Wrecker and Hunter. And maybe eventually Crosshair versus an army. Episode four, Adventure of the Week. They go back and meet up with Sid, and Sid tells them to go do something. You think Sid's got to pay up at some point for turning them over? Yeah, Sid's got to get gun smoke. <laughs> but Wanda Sykes comes back in. They mentioned like there there have been publications or somebody has talked about Wanda Sykes reprising her role in this episode. Yeah. Sid deserves to be gun smoked. I'm saying it right now. She deserves <laughs> Wrecker to throw a freaking grenade at her ass and just turned into green slime. There you go. She she handed them in. <laughs> turned into green slime. I love it. Yeah, the next episode is gonna be Sid just like, yeah, there's this planet where there's, <laughs> you know, a bunch of gamblers there, and I need you guys to go play a card game and win it and come back here. And they're just gonna be like, all right. And that's going to be the episode. <laughs> and then it'll be done. <laughs> and Alfie's going to be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I'm going to have to make a run for it. But I just wanted to, to those of you that were, this is kind of what I hobbied together. Finished them off. I put together a couple pods under this one. Um, I think three would make this one look too busy. But yeah, so these are the Necromancer, I guess is what they're called. But like the uh, Night Sisters dropping out. So that's one of them. Um, and then I made another pod with just the trees and they're it's obviously going to have one hang from there uh, but yeah well we'll take we'll take that as your final thought then brent because that I is my final thought because i was ready to wrap it up here we're at about an hour so, and 30 in yeah here, so, so i'm gonna i'm gonna have to take off and uh i do look forward i enjoy it i enjoy the conversation um i honestly had no problem with any of them like i don't like i i hate this idea that there's filler because i believe that there is a purpose for everything um, I do think you had to see her interact. It, it's just like the Martez sisters. You had to see Ahsoka interact with the Martez sisters to see how she fully grows. From you had her to anger. bring up the Martez sisters. Absolutely, oh. because everyone hates the Martez sisters arc, but I feel like it has a place <laughs> and it does show character growth in Ahsoka. And Ahsoka, you have to show that Ahsoka went through that. So I feel like you have to show that that animal and how they treated that animal was like a springboard and it also leads you to say maybe she does have a connection like Ezra with animals in that way so we'll see um, but maybe uh, she's yeah. just nice <laughs> she might be just nice alright uh, Adam thanks for talking thanks for chatting I'm out of here sorry guys I gotta get out All right. Yeah. have a good night Alfie, uh, Alfie, what do you got uh, for for final thoughts on everything going on as we're wrapping up here, and then we'll finish up with Adam. It, it, it's the same complaints I've had about this show. I, I have no problem with the show, really. It's enjoyable. I just think it could have been so much more, and 
I find it such a disappointment to be, you know, bored with a Bad Batch episode. I wanted to really like this squad and because it was such a killer concept, but they've never in very limited amounts have they ever really been the Bad Batch to me. And to be so entertained by the first and third episode just I think speaks to my point. Yeah, I mean, the Bad Batch were not in the first and third episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got to admit, though, they've made Omega a, a pretty interesting character. I got to give that to them. Yes, Omega uh, she was. she's a very Ahsoka-like character. It's someone that I really did not care for as much, which, granted, I'm I'm older, so and this is a show for children. But um, she's developed into quite an interesting character. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where I feel that any happy ending of her riding off into the sunset to, you know, the Jedi survivor camp or somewhere, I, I just don't see it because she's become a great character. And I don't think you can just write her off that way. Yeah. She deserves to be a part of the ongoing story. I agree. I agree. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. I, I have a feeling they're going to stick the landing with this, though. I, I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I do think they're going to. We'll, we'll see. Adam, uh, thanks for joining us again. It's been a while since you've been on Rule to Galaxy podcast. Um, why don't you hit everybody with your final thoughts and then tell everyone about all of the work that you've done uh, in your career and where they can find your books and everything along those lines. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'd echo uh, pretty much what Alfie said. Um, I give these episodes a two out of three. Uh, first and third are uh, definitely uh, great. Uh, the second one, you could probably even skip and uh, you might not know the difference. Um, I think uh, I also agree. Um, I, I, they've done a good job with Omega. Um I, upon reflection, I, I suspect she's going to have, you know, a tragic, uh, sad end or, or future anyway. Um, and, uh, I, I think we won't know that though until the, the final episodes. Um, but I, there's, if you watch, uh, like the Kiners, um, who wrote the music, um, and other people have talked about, uh, uh, I think D. Bradley Baker um, was showed on his social media that he was sent from Lucasfilm, uh, I think it's some kind of crew gift of uh, tissues um, that were branded for the Bad Batch, um, tissues for crying. So there's, obviously this, this season's going to be uh, tragic and emotional. Um, so I think we can expect that for Omega's story. I think uh, hopefully they'll make it, uh, it, it really count as something, you know, something epic and, you know, operatic. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'll, I, I think they'll do a good job uh, with the season wrapping things up. Um, as far as the, the, the specific storyline between now and now and then I, I don't really know where they are going to go in the middle of the season um so we'll just wait and see uh as for me um 
Uh, I've written a lot of Star Wars and Marvel books. Um, people can order them uh, directly from me. Uh, that's the best way to support me. Uh, if you buy books in stores or online, I, to be honest, I really don't get much benefit from that. Um, but if you buy uh, signed copies directly from me, that's that's a great way to help. Um, if you'd like to see more books from me, uh, be sure to uh, let uh, Lucasfilm and DK know. Uh, it's uh, this support of fans is uh, really, really important. Um, so uh, people can uh, find me on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm most active on Twitter. Uh, for all three accounts, it's at author Adam Bray. Um, Thanks. Absolutely. Absolutely, Adam. And I wish I had touched on even more of that too when we first started. I was like scrambling when we started this episode. So I apologize that I didn't like get your your name and everything. Like I mean, obviously we talked in the beginning. <laughs> oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Yeah, I, I I wanted I wanted to give your like uh you know your following and what you've done earlier in the episode, but it just kind of uh I was I was scrambling and yeah it it, it what happened happened. <laughs> Alfie, did you have one more no final problem. thought? Yeah. I saw you throw your finger. Yeah, up there. I, I'm sorry, I totally left this out of my final thought. I'd meant uh, to include it, but so in the trailer we saw Finnick Shand right yeah. and Cad Bane. At some point in this season, will Omega meet her brother? Oh, that would be awesome. Well, we've already had, uh, what's his name's voice? Uh, yeah, Logan's Dan voice. Ooh, that's very possible. That's going to yeah, happen. I'd say probably. That's going to happen. Book it. We're seeing Boba Fett in, in this show. It's happening, dude. Well, I hope they do it justice then. Alfie's got the Boba Fett shirt on, I yeah. see. Oh, that's right. Now. Yeah, I got my podcast shirt on. Podcast shirt, official podcast at every <laughs> Love week. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I mean, my my personal thoughts as we're wrapping up here, I'm I'm a fan of the Bad Batch. I think I really hope they stick the landing with this show because I think it's good. And I'm not looking forward to a tragic end because it's been documented on here that tech dying definitely made me shed a tear because I thought they did a really good job with him sacrificing himself. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Obviously, there's going to be some filler episodes. It's going to happen. But, uh, but I don't know how much filler you can afford to have with this storyline. I, I think everything, every episode might be pretty good. So we'll, we'll see now as we get to this week to week basis, it's a lot to take in reviewing three episodes of the show. In my opinion, there's probably stuff that I didn't hit on, but you know, we're, we, we move on, we move on to the week to week basis and we'll see how it happens. Cause I know there's a couple more weeks coming up where there's going to be more than one released. I I've, I think I saw that on the schedule that there's going to be a time or two where there's like maybe two episodes released at a time or something along those lines. So I'm sure we'll see some uh, familiar faces along the way and we're, we're all, we'll, we'll ride this together here on rule the galaxy podcast. We'll keep you updated on it. We appreciate everyone listening from me, from Alfie, from Brent, from Adam Bray. May the force be with you.